wonderful podcast family and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. So we're getting ready to, well, we're actually already in the holiday season, correct? And people are celebrating all sorts of holidays. They're celebrating Hanukkah if they're Jewish. They're celebrating Kwanzaa if they're African American. That comes after Christmas as a way to try and maintain some of our ancestral heritage. But we're Christians, correct? And so this season we're celebrating Christ. We're celebrating what Christ, what God did for us through Christ to bring reconciliation to mankind. So we're going to pause in the middle of our shepherding series and we're going to have an episode for Christmas. And I'm doing it early today on the 13th of December because after this episode I'm going to take a break so that I can enjoy the holiday season. I am happy to say that I finished my first quarter of seminary, praise God, and so I'm kind of free, but what I discovered is I wasn't quite prepared for the quarter as far as getting everything on the calendar and understanding the demands that would be placed upon me, and so I'm going to take this holiday season to exhale and then to properly plan for the next quarter, which begins on the 3rd of January. And that is when you will see me again because during this little respite that I'm going to have, I will be busy drafting episodes. God has already given me the next series after we finish the shepherding. You see, he keeps me pretty busy. And so I need to have a thorough laid out plan of how I'm going to accomplish everything that he continues to put on my plate. And so after this on the 13th, I will be gone for a little while, but then you will hear from me again on the 3rd of January. So this episode, we're going to discuss Christmas and then you will go and celebrate your Christmas holidays and we will meet each other again in 2022. So our scripture today, we have two, but the first one comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, reading from the New International Version. For unto us a child is born, it should sound very familiar, right? To us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne, and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding upholding it with justice and righteousness. From From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. <coughs> Excuse me. The Old, Te- Old Testament, as we have discussed before, is a foreshadowing of what is to come in the New Testament. 
you will always be able to see the cross references, so to speak. When you're reading something in the New Testament, you ought to be able to go back to the Old Testament and found, find where the seed is planted. It validates the New Testament. And so here we have the prophet Isaiah telling the people of God, the people of Israel, that God will fulfill his promise that was made to Abraham and his descendants, which they are. That out of the lineage of David, that great king that we also know was the shepherd for the nation of Israel, that a king would be born. Of course, they didn't understand that that king would um, would come to do what he did. They believed that he would come and deliver them from all of their sorrows. Their sorrows, they believed, was at the hands of all of the conquering enemies. Remember the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Hittites, the Jebusites, you know, all of those ites. They believed that was the crux of their problem. They just wanted to be left alone left alone. So one thing I want us to hone in on is that when the prophet Isaiah prophesied about this wonderful counselor and mighty God, it was approximately 700 years before Jesus arrived. Yeah, you heard me correctly. 700 years. What would you do? 700 years like if we could live that long so this means the people had to wait right that's obvious but they also had to remain faithful to what had been not told to them directly but from but to their forefathers and their foremothers the oral tradition of passing down the stories not many people were literate in that time, especially not the women. And so you had to tell the stories by telling the story. And to me, this is an example of why communicating with our children is so important. And others, but to if you want a, a legacy, right? And now we're a literate society. People read, write, everyone can do so. So there's really no excuse. But you have to tell your story of where you've come from and pass that down to your family, to your children, how your family got here, if you have an immigrant story, just who your family is. Me being African-American, I don't have that luxury because of the way my ancestors got here and trying to track down, you know, it's, it's hard. But I do have some but pass the story down to where you come from. But most importantly, pass down the stories of the faithfulness of God and how faithful he has been to you throughout your life. I'm crafting how I can pass my story down since I don't have children, but I do have a, a teenager that I mentor. And so I pass my story down to her. That's important to know how God has been faithful and to remember that to help you wait the 700 years or the 40 years of being in the wilderness or the Abraham was 75 years old when God told him he would have a son and then he was 90 when Isaac came. You see, God is in 
the waiting mode. He doesn't care anything about our immediate society with um, just in time and prime and microwaves and, you know, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. God is in the waiting. And it is in the waiting that our character is formed and our faith is grown. So pass the stories down. We all have a story and our story should not die with us. We need to pass it on through our families and our friends. That was a sidebar. So now we have the nation of Israel, right? Remember, they were God's special people. They were the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they knew that God would deliver them. You know, they thought he would deliver them through a mighty king that would show them how to defeat all of the armies, kind of like what David did, and then they could be a people unto themselves. But is that how God delivered them? Now we're going to look at, look at Luke, the first chapter, verses 26 through 35. Once again, reading from the New International Version. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The, Mary, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. God's plan never looks like what we imagined. <laughs> never. <laughs> but even though it doesn't look like we imagine, as long as we stick with God through those 700 years, of course I'm speaking, facetiously, I guarantee you it will, it will be far better than what you have imagined. But we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. I want us to put ourselves in Mary's shoes right now. She's engaged to a man. And the custom of their day was an engagement was pretty much a marriage, almost a marriage. The marriage was just the formality, you know, for their, you know, their family and friends and the, the rabbi. But the engagement, they were as good as together for all practical purposes. And for her to now be pregnant? Are you kidding me? Unwed mothers were something that, that just, that wasn't looked upon very favorably. I can't say it didn't happen. But, uh, yeah. That was not a good thing. It was a patriarchal society, 
So for Joseph, you know, as the Bible stated, it was, he was well within his rights to publicly condemn her and her family because women being virgins back in that day was a big deal. I remember watching documentaries and then there's some stories that you watch that, you know, the, the, the night of the wedding, there's a sheet placed up under them and it's, and people gather around the, the house where the couple resides for that night and wait for the husband to come out with the blood on the bed sheets to signify that she was a virgin and then everybody can rest well. So her being a virgin was a big deal for not only her, but for her family. So Joseph finding out that she's with child, yes, he could have publicly trashed her and her family. But the fact that he didn't shows the caliber of man that he was, that the Bible says that he was going to put her away privately, right? But the angel visited him and we know the rest of the story. Can you imagine the conversations that the two of them had? What the conversations that, you know, what they talked about between Joseph and Mary, both of them having been visited by an angel and knowing that she's carrying the Son of God, you know? And it's interesting because I watched a movie, and I don't know if it was called Mary and Joseph or the Nativity. This was 15 years ago, maybe. But I remember the actors talking to each other and, and looking the, the husband Joseph looking at Mary going will we be able to teach him anything <laughs> like he's the son of God but now I recognize those statements were based on what we know about God Jesus now but then they were still thinking that they were going to have a mighty conqueror kind of thing so I'm now kind of thinking that they thought this was going to be kind of like a David 3.0, so to speak, because they wanted their Messiah to stop all of the, the anxiety, not anxiety, but just the political and socioeconomic instability that they had. See, they already knew that they were chosen by God, so they didn't, they weren't thinking about the atonement of sins they were doing that through the priest or anything like that they didn't understand that they would continually have to make sacrifices because there's no way they can they can completely be cleansed without God offering up himself and so the conversations that they had may have been like we're going to give birth to the next king of Israel and he's going to conquer, you know, the Roman Empire now and we will be a free people and they were probably having those kind of conversations. But here's God bringing the king through average people, right? For him to die for mankind as a payment for the sins that we commit. Something that we could have never imagined, but so glad that our Lord and Savior did that. That is what Christmas is to me. Christmas is the, I look at it as being the down payment, I guess we can say, or the, um, I don't know the word that I'm looking for. 
I want to say down payment, but that's not it. But it's the it's begin it's the initiation to the fulfillment of the reconciliation to God and man. Jesus coming is the initiation because we know that once he comes, we know now that his course is set to go to Calvary. And Calvary ends up being the fulfillment of that prophecy of the reconciliation to God and man for our sins to be forgiven. So Jesus is now, now the birth of Jesus means it's coming. And that's the hope that we have, that Jesus has come and he has paid our sins. You may get lost in all of the holiday festivities and, you know, we're still within a COVID era and so you can't really celebrate like we used to. Or maybe you never really did celebrate. I know there are Christians who say they don't celebrate Christmas and I'm always like, wait a minute, you don't celebrate Christmas, you're Christian. Christ is in Christmas. And then they have to kind of backtrack and say, well, no, I believe in Jesus. I just don't get caught up in, you know, all of the the commercialism. And I can respect that. But I'm like, I'm going to celebrate Jesus. And I get caught up in all of the holidays. I want to go to the holiday parties. I want to establish, you know, holiday traditions, going and see the Nutcracker, whatever. But I still know at the root of all of this is that Jesus has come. And my hope rests on that. Now knowing that he will return. And so this season may be a lonely season. This is the first Christmas that I will spend without my mom. And, you know, I've been having my ups and downs with that. But I still understand that it's about Jesus. And so I ask that you remember that it is about Jesus. This Christmas may be the first Christmas with your loved one and the disease. It may be the first Christmas where you start seeing the advancement of the disease. It may be the first Christmas after the accident, you know, that you're now with your loved one. But it's still about Christ. I've been there, and so I know that a lot can happen from one year to the next as far as diseases are concerned. You know, a lot can happen between today and tomorrow. But through it all, we need to remember that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And the season that you're going through now, the season that I'm going through now, is still in accordance with his plan and his purpose. And we are to trust him. Trust him through this 700 years, it may seem like that, right? <laughs> As you're waiting and, you, and you're going through. Trust him. This Christmas, I want you to concentrate on the fact that you have a God who loves you, who is absolutely crazy about you. You have family who love you. Even if it's just one, that crazy uncle, but he's the one that gets you. You still have family who loves you. You have friends who love you. And you have a podcast host who loves you. And so I want you to remember that going into this Christmas and celebrate Christ above all else, baking your Christmas cookies, 
putting up your decorations, or doing whatever it is your culture, your family does. At the heart of it, remember Jesus. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being a God who we can't completely define. A God who is so beyond what we could ever imagine, but we still know that you are good. A God who meets our needs in ways that that are unimaginable to us. But you do it every day. Help us to see you in the everyday, in the be, in, in being able to have clean water, a roof over our heads, being able to speak, to see, to hear, to touch, to draw, to laugh, to make music, to enjoy music to cook, to taste, to touch, to communicate with friends for fellowship, for being able to lie down and get up, for being able to be a blessing to someone else as we caregive this season of our lives. We thank you for the love that you grant us to where we can be caregivers and love others. We thank you for the opportunity to grow in our faith as we wait on you for all of the dreams and visions that you've placed in our hearts, the desires that you've placed in our hearts that we aren't yet ready to receive. And so that's why we wait. And that's why you have waiting in the process of our relationship with you. We understand, Lord, that the waiting is how you developed our character and how you grow our trust and our faith in you. And so we come to you as humbly as we can, saying, we do trust you. Help us every step of the way. Forgive us for being a complaining people at times, forgetting about how good you are to us. But we ask, Lord, for this season, this Christmas season, that we remember your love and the deliverance of our Savior as a little baby who came to take upon our sins. We celebrate his birth this month, Lord. We celebrate you. We celebrate life in you. And we celebrate the love that you surround us with. Bless each and every person listening today. Help them to feel your love. Help them to know that your love is on display through Jesus. And then allow them to be still enough to hear you whisper how much you love them as well. Take care of them until our next episode. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my dear, wonderful podcast family. Have a great Christmas. And I will see you January, well, I will, you will hear from me (laughs) January 3rd, 2022. Be safe and God bless.